All right, we are finally podcasting after struggling with this microphone for a few minutes. Uh, welcome to Yes Ma'am. Today we are interviewing Cam. Hi, I'm, I'm Cam. Uh, ni- nice to meet you guys. Hello. <laughs> Moving the microphone now closer to Cam. Yes, hello. Hello. Hi, world. Cam, we met now almost 14 weeks ago. 14 weeks? I I didn't know you measured time in weeks. Well, that's because classes are coming to an end. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's just how I know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to do a little introduction of yourself? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm Cam. Uh, I go by he, they pronouns. Uh, I'm an adolescent education major at Pace, uh, and I really like I really like reading and writing and uh, playing video games. Uh, and I'm really happy to be here. So yeah. All right. So we're gonna start with this question, which I'm really shocked that you recognized. Assertives. <laughs> There's a correct answer, by the way. There's a correct answer. Mm-hmm. On it, like I'm I'm Pan, and so uh and so like overall like I just like ass better because it's just universal, it's just universal. Like almost everyone has an ass, and just correction, almost everyone. <laughs> I know someone out there doesn't have an ass, like my mother. <laughs> so someone out there has had their ass surgically removed, and I feel sorry for them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, ass, definitely. I've never actually heard that reasoning behind ass, though. Yeah. All right. So, as you stated your pronouns, you are non-binary. So, I just, I think it'd be very nice to know, how do you recognize or know something like that about yourself? Um, it took a while. Um, like, especially... Uh, especially since I grew up, uh, in a Christian household, uh, my mom grew up very Catholic because she grew up in Barbados, uh, which was like, uh, and she went to like Catholic school and they were like very harsh there. Uh, and my dad grew up Protestant. So, um, my parents were not in, into like LGBT stuff. So uh, I didn't have, uh, I wasn't exposed to that much growing up. My only exposure to like LGBT culture was uh, through my friends actually at school. My friends, the bad influence, <laughs> they, they turned me gay. I, I say that as a joke, um, but, uh, but it was, uh, it was my uh, middle school friends that uh, that each started coming out as like um, as like bisexual and like starting to like uh, or like gay and like starting to accept their sexualities that like I started to question my own sexuality and eventually after I uh, figured out that I was pan uh, I started to question my own gender um, once uh, I realized that I could do that <laughs> uh, through my friends. And it took a while. 
I, I went by they, them pronouns for a while and I was like, let's just try it out. And then I didn't like it. <laughs> and, uh, and then, uh, and then I went to he, him. And I was like, I, I want, I want to be a man. I want to be a big, strong man. And I was like, but, but I also like, I also like being gender ambiguous and stuff like that. So, uh, so I just settled on he, they pronouns uh for now so uh, i just think uh gender uh gender and like gender identity is like an ever like changing uh ever changing uh thing for me uh i i don't know if it's an ever changing thing for everyone but it's an ever changing thing for me anyway so i was wondering if there's any feelings that you ascribe to gender? Uh, complicated. <laughs> Definitely complicated. Uh, uh, I guess uh, restraining also, because um, I, I think that once you put a label on gender, it's, uh, it's kind of just it defeats the purpose um like putting a label on non-binary you know mm-hmm. um it it's kind of uh it kind of defeats the purpose um i just like uh i just like i i wish everyone could just exist <laughs> that's just what i want i just want everyone to exist i'm speaking nonsense no, this makes yeah. sense. I I just want like everyone to exist and be able to uh, express themselves in the way that they want without having to worry about like oh I have to uh, conform to society's uh, ideals of a woman or a man or a non-binary person even like uh, people have started like uh, categorizing like non-binary people as like uh, a certain like type of person and it's so dumb it defeats the purpose <laughs> so the purpose would be as you said to create more of a universal world without labels yeah just like to be able to exist without having to put a label on it if if it makes you feel better to have a label of course like use the label but like for me i think that I think the goal should be to eventually get to a world where there uh, there's no need for labels. So yeah. I love that. So you also stated earlier on that you love English. So was this your favorite class in high school as well? Yeah, it, uh, English was my favorite class. Uh, I really liked uh I really liked reading all the boring books that everyone like hated uh, because they all they always had the most interesting metaphors and I'm like a sucker for like really good metaphors and like really good writing or like really shitty writing and like uh, am I allowed to curse on here? Of course. Okay, hell yeah. <laughs> um I'm I'm a sucker for like also like really shitty writing and like being able to make fun of it like have you read like as I lay dying 
No, I have not. What's that about? Uh, As I Lay Dying is uh, is is a really depressing book, and it's about this uh, this farm family that live in like this made up town in um, this made up town in rural like Mississippi, and their and their their mother dies, and they have to like and her final wish was to be buried in her hometown, which is like a day's ride away. And they have to, and they have to make it there. And literally that's the entire book. And it sounds so boring, but the way that he writes it is so stupid and so <laughs> dumb that it's so fun to read. Um, and it's not stupid or dumb that in the way that uh, he intentionally did it, it was because he literally wrote the book in the span of three days without sleeping while he was like working at like a, an electric plant or something I forget this might be fake news like my friend told me this but he he wrote it in like three days without sleeping and so everything is like out of out of order and um and it's just like crazy like literally what I remember one chapter was just like my mom is a fish and that was it that was the entire chapter and they moved on and I was and I was like, okay, I guess. This is just kind of like an unedited book. Yeah, because because Faulkner already like writes in stream of consciousness. Mm-hmm. So it's already hard to follow. So imagine just uh following it when this man is like sleep deprived and also writing characters that um that are on the brink of insanity too. Uh, that are like burning down buildings and stuff like that like that happens in the built book and stuff it's really crazy (laughs) okay so then if that's shitty writing that's awesome yeah what's kind of the other end of the spectrum of something that's kind of boring but the writing's really good uh the the something that's boring that the writing is really good uh I would say uh I I think people like are probably gonna like <laughs> uh come for me but um but probably like metamorphosis um did you read metamorphosis no but I've heard a lot of that metaphors metamorphosis <laughs> yeah uh Kafka Kafka is an interesting man <laughs> Uh, he his his books are like you you have to give it to him like he's he's writing uh his writing is good but you don't want it to be good (laughs) you don't want it to be good um I know I felt that way with reading Stein back in high school so yeah it's just like there's like some authors where you're reading and you're like god this is good but I don't want it to be good because it's so it's so boring (laughs) this metamorphosis is just about this this dude that lives this like shitty life and he uh with his like shitty family and it's been a while I might like he I might like misremember it a little bit but he but he gets turned into this cockroach (laughs) 
this giant <laughs> life, this giant man-sized cockroach and his and his family is like, what the fuck is going on? We gotta kill it. And he's like, no, you can't kill me. And it's like a metaphor for something. <laughs> and it's like, and and it's like, and at the time I was like, it it's not it's good writing, but I don't want it to be because it's literally just a book about this dude that turned into a giant cockroach. <laughs> and I don't want it to be, I don't want it to be good. Fair. Yeah. All right. So of all the books that you read in high school, what had the biggest impact on you? Uh, the book that had the biggest impact on me uh, was actually As I Lay Dying Again, uh, because... It was the first, uh, it was one of, uh, there was many books uh, that talked about like mental illness, but it was the first book that uh, I related to in a way. Um, one of the characters, uh, because he, because one of the characters, Darl, uh, goes through heavy bouts of like dissociation uh and i and i get those also um and it was just like very very like i found comfort in a character that you're not supposed to find comfort in uh and uh even though he he didn't get the the great ending he didn't get a great ending yeah he he got sent to a mental asylum um for burning down a building <laughs> which isn't the best ending for for him but to be fair it was like the 1800s um and otherwise he would have gone to jail so okay so um kind of a plus side of yeah you you cared for yeah and and by the time in the book uh he was like barely like you could barely understand him like his writing, his writing, you could barely understand what was going on in the book um, because it takes place, uh, each chapter is a different uh, point of view. And so his point of view was just really like jumbled and you could barely tell what was going on. Um, it was just a, a, a compilation of like references to like past events and then like generally what was going on. Um, and uh, and yeah, he, he was just like he, uh, the book like really made an uh, an impact on me, uh, just like as a whole, because uh, it it also talks about like how shitty uh, good people are treated, you know, mm -hmm. um, because all the like all the kids in the family are like uh are like doing uh are like doing their own thing but also want to help their mom like complete her goal but they all get these like horrible endings so like um so like the the daughter um, she gets pregnant and she wants to go to the town to get an abortion um, because she's like 17 or yeah. something. She doesn't want a child. 
Um, and she Especially ends- in that time period, yeah. if you're not married or. Yeah, she doesn't, she's not married or anything. So it's like very risky. She doesn't, she doesn't want the baby. And she, and she ends up like, uh, she ends up like getting tricked uh, by this, like this dude that pretends to be a doctor uh, and he, uh, and he like rapes her and, uh, and like gives her fake pills and says that they'll like get rid of the baby, but they're just talcum powder and like little oh. capsules. Uh, and it's, and, uh, and also like the oldest brother, he like builds the coffin for his mom and he like broke his leg previously, uh, like before the story. Uh, and then his, uh, leg gets broken again in this story. Oh, geez. <laughs> and, okay. And the, and the father, uh, is like, he'll be fine. He gets gangrene in his leg and they have to chop it off. It's terrible. That sounds like a very intense book. Yeah, it's it's super intense. And they made us read it in senior year and everyone was like, "Damn, this sucks." And the only and the only person that got a good end was the shittiest person, which was the father. The mm-hmm. father who um who ruined the mother's life, uh who like was so lazy that he never worked on the farm and he always had his neighbor do the work on, on his own farm for him. Uh, he like lost all of his teeth. So he was only going to the town really to get a new pair of teeth. Um, and, uh, and he just did so like shitty thing after shitty thing, like not taking care of his family, like only thinking for himself. And uh, and he eventually like gets to the city uh, that they were supposed to be in, and he's able to get a new pair of teeth by by stealing money from his children, uh, and he gets a new wife. He buys oh. he just buys a new wife, and the, okay. and the book ends where he introduces the new wife to the children. Is like, here's your new mom. <laughs> wow. Um... Yeah. So it's, it's like a big, it's like a, it's like a thing of like, uh, you, uh, like shitty people are rewarded in this world for doing shitty things. So do you agree with that message? Um, I think a lot of, I think a lot of shitty people are rewarded for doing shitty things. Um, I don't think every shitty person is obviously, but, and same thing for like good people. I don't, uh, like some good people are rewarded, but not every good person is rewarded. Um, it, but I think a majority of shitty people are rewarded for <laughs> for uh, for doing what they're doing. So I so I agree with the message of the book, which it, uh, which is why like it really left a big impact on me. It was it was like an eye opener. Yeah. And did you also agree with how the author depicted disassociation? Was that also how you would describe it? Yeah, it was uh, it it was pretty similar. It wasn't it wasn't like the author like set out to be like this. This is going to this is going to be my big break where I where I uh, describe dissociation in a good way. It's it's like 
speculated that it's about dissociation, but it's it's pretty similar. Um, and uh, and it is and it is pretty similar to what I uh, experienced. Okay. So yeah. So then, <coughs> sorry. Don't worry. How would you? Sorry, my voice just went out. <laughs> Poop. Okay. Well, I'm going to be speaking like this for the perceivable uh, part of the podcast. Um, if that's how you would describe like disassociation, then how would you describe the feeling of love, for example? Uh, love for me uh, is... Um, Oh, that's a difficult question. I like I I saw that question on the on the on the thing, and I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be a difficult one." Um, oh, uh, hmm. Uh, we can also think about it if that's too hard. Of how do you know when you're in love? Because I do know that you were in a very long term relationship, and that definitely has to stem from pretty deep and sincere love. Yeah. Um, uh, I knew I was in love when, uh, when I was constantly thinking about this person, (laughs) when I constantly think about the person and, uh, it's like a thing of like, okay, I just want to text them all the time and hang out with them all the time. And I just want to be with them all the time. Uh, that's when I know, um, because like that's also how I feel with like friends and stuff but it's there's also like different types of love Mm -hmm. um how I differentiate between like romantic and platonic that's a different story I can't even tell (laughs) (laughs) well you don't need to yeah you're 18 yeah between romantic and platonic is very difficult (laughs) (laughs) no that's a very big difference um and it gets very kind of huddled. Yeah. Um, so what else do I got here? As just stated, you are 18. You just moved to New York. Have you gone to the city before moving here? Uh, I, I actually have, uh, I'm actually 17. <laughs> You're 17? I'm 17. Damn, Cam. Yeah. I'm I'm still a little baby. You are. Yeah. I say that, but I'm barely 18. But <laughs> uh I turn 18 uh in about two weeks, actually. Hmm. Yeah. Um the I I used to go to the city for fun because uh I live like an hour outside of the city. Um and I've lived there for like 10 years before there we lived in Hong Kong. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. You lived in Hong Kong? Yeah, we, we lived in Hong Kong for a while. <laughs> How did I never know this? <laughs> I just never talked about it, I guess. Um, we, we lived in Hong Kong for like uh, maybe three years? Three years, maybe. And then before Hong Kong? We lived in New York City. Okay, so you were yeah. like you're a city person. Yeah. Uh, grew up in, uh, I was born in New York city and then we lived in New York city until my, my little brother was born. And then my parents were like, 
this apartment's too small. <laughs> and then my dad got a job opportunity in Hong Kong. So we moved there. And then uh, 2008 happened. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, and then we moved, uh, we moved to our vacation house, mm-hmm. uh, which is our now house. Uh, and uh, that makes us sound so rich and pretent- pretentious, our vacation no. house. Oh, don't bro, worry about so it. So rich and pretentious. Oh, our vacation house. Um, but it's like uh, we like. I've I've I go to the city like uh, I used to go to the city for like fun mm-hmm. with my friends because in our small town there's nothing to do besides go to the park maybe yeah go to a friend's house uh and play like the nintendo switch or like uh run around the yard maybe uh there wasn't much to do unless you drove uh to like a couple towns over where there's an arcade or something uh so uh the city was next best thing since um our uh town is like um one of the the stops on the express train to New York City. So okay. So did you have a favorite place back then in the city? Um yes, actually. My uh my favorite place then and now. And now okay. Uh is uh, a restaurant. Uh and it's uh it's a restaurant that my parents used to go to all the time when they lived in the city. Uh, and then they showed it, uh, they brought uh, my brother and I to it all the time. And then now I go to it all the time and I bring people with me. And uh, it's called El Parador. Shout out El Parador. <laughs> Is this the place you got uh, the food from the other night? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, little background. Cam is very protective of this food. Cradled it like a baby the entire time. Uh, <laughs> understandably, if that's the full story behind it. Um, it uh, I I really love El Parador. Uh, it's like it's a it's a little like uh, Mexican restaurant uh, that serves really really good uh, good food. The guacamole is really good, uh, and uh, I go there as 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 much as I can. Uh, if if I can convince people to go with me, I I go. So yeah, fair. So, well, you may not have physically transported, physically changed places uh, very much over the past year. What would you say the biggest difference in between your life now and your life a year ago would be? Um, the greatest difference between uh, me now and me a year ago I think is uh, I've kind of I've kind of like I understand myself a little bit more um, uh, especially in like a mental aspect doesn't mean uh, doesn't mean that like I'm over everything obviously yeah. but uh, but understanding is obviously the first step um understanding that you have a problem is the first step (laughs) (laughs) um 
Unfortunately true with about everything, but yeah. So, uh, so I understand myself a lot more before I had a lot of like confusion and confusion led to a lot of frustration Mm -hmm. and, uh, and just like a lot of like pent up like stress and anger because, uh, I was like, what's going on? What's like, what is all of this? Um, why is this happening to me and stuff like that? Um, and so figuring out now what, what I have is really nice. That is quite nice. Yeah. All right. So you also are going into kind of a teaching career. It sounds like that's your goal. Yeah. If you never had to worry about money again, what job would you do? Would you still teach? If I had never had to worry about money again, I would not teach. <laughs> uh, Interesting. I wouldn't exactly think of teaching, though, as the most lucrative of careers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, teaching uh, Teaching was, like, my, my job uh, that was for sure going to, like, it was, it was for sure going to make me money. Like, I was going to make money. And it would be a, sta- a stable career, as stable as being a teacher can get, um, because you can't work summers, obviously. Yeah. Um, but uh, if I if I didn't have to worry about money, uh, it it sounds really dumb, but I would want I would want to be like a, a some sort of like content creator. I really I really like that type of stuff. Even though I'm kind of like awkward in front of uh, in front of um, uh, a microphone some, <laughs> sometimes um, or a camera, uh, when I'm in the right uh, headspace or uh, in, with the right people, uh, I I really get into I really get into it and uh, and I really enjoy doing uh, stuff like that and I would really like to make it a career. If I can. So you've created content before? Uh, I've, I've done like little things. I haven't, uh, I haven't done anything like big uh, that anyone can find. <laughs> I've privated it. Um, I used to, when I was younger, I used to make uh, little YouTube videos. Um, I made, I used to make little vlogs. <laughs> you were a vlogger? I was a little blogger when I was in like sixth grade. <laughs> uh, and they're so cringe, like genuinely. Um, I, cause I, uh, because I was, uh, in middle school, if mm-hmm. you can imagine, um, I was even, I was the worst. <laughs> I, I was an animator um I was really into Five Nights at Freddy's if you know what that is of course I do yeah uh I I was really into Minecraft still but Mm -hmm. a totally different side of Minecraft uh than it is now um so that was like uh if anyone listens to this it's like af now and like Skata's Minecraft I was into that like the old Minecraft like OG YouTubers uh, and, uh, I was really into, uh, just like, I was really into anime <laughs> was, was the big thing. 
um and I and I used like Japanese in like my regular speaking uh and it was really cringe uh and you can see it in the vlogs which is why I privated all of them because my friends found them like because my friends were in them but they didn't know where they were being uploaded but one of my friends found them and was and was like look what I found and sent me a screenshot of my YouTube channel and I immediately privated all the videos (laughs) so I still have all the videos but they're all privated I could I can show you like one of them if you want. I would love to see those have, at any point. <laughs> I have one of them where uh, Nadia and I, uh, Nadia is my uh, my childhood friend. Uh, we were doing a, a project where we are trying to make a, a dragon that can move its head up and down and it's a video of us spray painting the dragon (laughs) and uh and we're just like messing around shaking this the cans just dancing to brendan yuri of of (laughs) course we're we're dancing to panic at the disco and fallout boy and we have beanies on and like we have i have a fnaf like shirt on or whatever or uh or as a star wars shirt on i had oh my god it was this sounds iconic (laughs) Maybe, maybe I'll, maybe I'll unprivate it one day. Maybe. I really hope you do. I want to see this. So with Minecraft, you're still quite into Minecraft. So how did you first get interested in it? Who introduced you to Minecraft? Um, I think the, I think I was, uh, I first got into Minecraft because, uh, because of YouTube, I think. Because I was a very big YouTube kid. My my parents installed YouTube back in, uh, I don't even know. It was a like, long time ago. It was a, it was a long time ago. And as soon as they installed it, I was I was hooked on it. <laughs> I and I was watching stuff that I was not supposed to be watching as like an as like an eight year old or something. Mm-hmm. I was I was like. I was I was watching like videos of like people cursing uh <laughs> and stuff like that and uh like I would watch Minecraft YouTubers but since they were all adults they would be like cursing and stuff so what I would do is I would uh is there is uh at my great aunt's house which is where we'd hang out a lot when I was younger because uh uh, when we were when we were younger, our house had a lot of infestations. Sometimes, uh, like we had a rat infestation once, and we had yeah. like a ladybug infestation. So we went to our great uh, aunt's house a lot. Uh, she had like a a bed like a a table like a bedside table, and then a a couch. And there's a little like sliver in between <laughs> that I could fit in. And so I would just have the iPad, and I'd slide it through, and I'd slide my body in. And so it would be my dark little corner that I could watch these Minecraft men, uh, <laughs> like play Minecraft. And uh, and and uh, my parents couldn't hear it or or see me do it. And I would get so scared when my parents would call me because I would be so scared. I was busted and they and they'd be like, Campbell, where are you? And I'd be like, 
nothing. <laughs> I'm doing nothing. I'm not, I'm not watching anything. And they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, nothing. <laughs> and, and then I give them the iPad and I'd be like, what's up? <laughs> but that's how I was first introduced to Minecraft was, um, was through YouTube. But there was lots of fear <laughs> because they cursed a lot. <laughs> so when did you first start playing Minecraft? I first started playing Minecraft around the same time. It was like, uh, it was it was like early 2000, like it might've been like 2010 or something. Um, A decade of Minecraft. Yeah. <laughs> it might've been like, uh, like it might've been around then, like mm-hmm. around 2010. How old would I? I would have been seven. Yeah. Does that sound right? Uh, yeah. I think maybe it was like 2011 or something. Okay. It was like 20, it was like 2010, 2011. Uh, and I was playing on like the iPad. I was playing on my mom's iPad because we didn't have our own devices. We weren't allowed. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then later on, my friends introduced me to playing Minecraft on the computer. I didn't even know that was a thing for a while. I got, I walked into fifth grade and my, and my friends were like playing Minecraft on the computer. I was like, what? You can do that? That's crazy. And, uh, and so I made my parents uh, buy, buy an account for my brother and I, which we lost. <laughs> so I don't know where that account, it was like T-bone something. Um, okay because my brother's name is Trevor and my dad called him T-Bone um and uh it's lost somewhere in the abyss of Minecraft so so you've seen a lot of different changes to this one video game yes I've seen a lot of changes (laughs) does that are you happy with the changes or Uh, reminiscent yeah I I was really happy. Uh, I was really happy when uh, Notch got kicked off the creator, the because he was really because he's really transphobic. Okay. Uh, and uh, I was I was a little bit hesitant when uh, they sold Minecraft to Microsoft uh, because I was like, oh, a big company bad, big company bad. <laughs> uh, but uh they've been doing a good job uh with like the mine the caves and cliffs update uh it it looks uh awesome and the next update they're adding frogs uh and they're adding swamp stuff and they're adding the deep dark finally with the warden the warden looks so scary (laughs) i need to show you the warden the warden's like the scariest thing ever it's it like it can't really see but it hears stuff so if you like if you like shoot an arrow or if you sprint or if you break blocks it hears you and it comes like bounding over and it like and it like can two shot someone in like netherite armor and it's crazy netherite is like the strongest yeah. armor and it's like and it's and it's so scary <laughs> so did minecraft always have these story components to it because for the entire time that i played minecraft it was just more building and creating uh, I think when, I think when it, uh, wait, what do you mean by the story aspects? Uh, like the task with going into the nether and uh, yeah. different worlds and multiplayer and uh, combat. 
when I think when Notch was first working on it, it wasn't intended to have a story. But I think when uh, I I don't know like exactly when it started having a story. I think it's when Jeb popped on uh, that like they started like creating a story because now they have like a really elaborate story that's like in the background because they have like uh, like like ruins and stuff and they they're adding like uh, like archaeology and stuff to Minecraft so you can find stuff uh, so there's obviously like past societies that were there and so there's a history uh, so uh, there is a there is a story now and I really I really like it but I don't think it originally started out to like be a story like to have a story in the game I think he, I think it was just supposed to be a block game um so uh but then it just turned into something more so when you play minecraft what type of stuff do you enjoy doing the most um i i really enjoy like playing parkour maps and like turning my brain off i'll like turn on a podcast or like i literally turned on your podcast (laughs) like yes ma'am and uh or i turn on like chuckle sandwich is also a really good one i turn on uh or i i put on like music uh and i i just like blast it and uh and i play parkour maps that i've played a thousand times and i just like see how fast i can do them and uh and just like turn off my brain uh and i really like that but i also really like hopping on hypixel and doing like uh, duels and stuff with friends. Wait, what's Hypixel? Uh, Hypixel is a really big uh, Minecraft server that has like a bunch of different game modes and mm-hmm. stuff that you can play. Like they have like Skyblock, which is like capitalism, the game kind of. I've heard of Skyblock. Uh, we have a Skyblock uh, island. So you have your own island that's in like the middle of this void that you can build out and stuff. Mm-hmm um and then you can go to the main island and like trade stuff that you make or that you get and stuff and you can eventually get these really big arm these this like really good armor and stuff like that it's capitalism yeah (laughs) um and then they have bed wars which is their most popular which is like uh you uh everyone has a bed it's like capture the flag you just destroy people's beds and they can't respawn anymore and you have to kill everyone interesting yeah because as somebody who doesn't really game that often i get very confused on how servers and different game modes work yeah how could you explain that at all um the so what do you what do you want to know about the servers (laughs) so I always see the thing telling you, like, join a server. Whenever I've tried to join a server, it hasn't worked. I don't know why. <laughs> and then I don't know where to go from there once I'm on a server. Um, so uh, I, I think it would help if I, if I, if I helped you. <laughs> okay. Uh, because uh, it, sometimes the server will be down. Mm-hmm. Um, or sometimes uh, it just like won't let you join because you're not whitelisted. Because um, some servers you have to be whitelisted. Uh, 
whitelist okay. whitelisting is like if uh is someone needs to put in your name specifically and be like that person is allowed to join the server okay um and uh most most big servers don't do that because that would be so tedious <laughs> to like input everyone's name uh but uh i could i could definitely show you how to how to do that Along the same lines of the video games, I'm considering you an expert in this particular field <laughs> for everybody listening who is like me and doesn't know anything about video games. What would you think is a good game for people to start with in order to understand that world and culture a little bit more? Mm, okay, definitely Stardew Valley. <laughs> Stardew Valley is is one I would definitely recommend uh, because it is like one of the chillest games like ever. Uh, Stardew Valley is uh, is this little like pixel game where uh, you uh, you get to play this character um, that like works in this like corporate uh, like building. And, and you're just tired of it. You just don't want to work there anymore. And so your, uh, your grandfather passes away and gives you the deed to his, uh, to his old farm. And, uh, and uh, in the like small town of Stardew Valley. And so you decide on a whim that you're going to quit your job and you're going to, uh, and you're going to go to Stardew Valley and you're going to start life anew in this town and you're going to become a cool farmer in uh in Stardew Valley and it's just a really cool game you can do a lot of things like you uh they have um you, you can obviously farm uh you can do fishing uh you can uh trade with people there's people to talk to you can talk to people you can make friends you can get married to people and date people um this is kind of sounding like the sims but with a set storyline yeah it has a it has a storyline uh that is like kind of anti-capitalism uh or or anti uh it's not anti-capitalism it's anti like conformity uh anti like big company (laughs) okay yeah anti-corporation anti-corporation yes um and because uh the storyline is that you can you can uh buy from the small uh the small uh uh vendors vendors uh pierre's shop uh, okay, it disconnected for a moment. I will see if I can edit this part out later. It's possible I won't be able to. I'm still trying to figure out audio editing. Continue. Uh, it you can like, uh, and you can rebuild the town center and like make it a part of the town, or you can like sell off the town center to the corporation, and like, uh, and make it like this uh this like uh stardew valley like this big corporation thing uh and it's it's really it's really relaxing most people do not go with the corporation obviously 
because they just want a relaxing experience. <laughs> um, and uh, it's just like really nice. The music's really nice and the people are really nice uh, and the visuals are really nice. It's just really cool. All right, and then for just general games, what would you recommend as an underrated game that's maybe not as popular as Stardew Valley or Minecraft? Um, this, this game is very, is like popular, but it's not like as popular. I, I really like the game Amori. Uh, I have a poster of it in my room. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a psychological horror game. Uh, and it's about this, uh, this kid, uh, who, uh, who, is uh who is dealing with intense guilt and like grief uh and you and you see you uh see him coping through uh being in this imaginary world and stuff and so you switch in between uh real life and uh and this imaginary world and how you play uh influences how you uh you cope with it and how he copes with it um so uh it can like drastically change the the story so if you like uh have him like go outside and like start talking to his friends again um then you go less into the imaginary world and spend more time in the real world and start like uh uncovering like your your trauma and stuff like that um and uh if you choose to stay inside and not go outside then you spend way more time in the imaginary world which is a very like happy world and it's a very like fun world but obviously it's it's an escapist like dream uh it's it's a way of escaping the reality of the situation um that's quite interesting. Yeah. For me, I kind of see that as commentary on perhaps even the video game worlds themselves. Yeah. I don't know how you see it or how do you play that game? Like, which angle do you normally go after? Uh, the, the angle that I went for was to, uh, was I made a... Uh, I made Sonny, the character, like, go outside uh, and, like, talk to his friends, which was horrifying because you got to see the trauma that, mm -hmm. like, he, uh, he was holding, which is very, 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 like, you, uh, it's, it's terrible that this child had to deal with this because uh, I think uh, he dealt with the trauma at the age of 12 and then at the time uh, of, like, uh, the video game, he's 16. Uh, it's, it's just, like, an incredibly, like, gruesome and, like, terrible, and you have to, like, see it through his own eyes, and, like, it's, uh, it's kind of like you're going through the same thing with him, um, and you have to face the trauma with him, uh, to overcome, uh, this hurdle and uh, it's really interesting that is quite interesting all right little switch of subjects here 
very unrelated, but what would you say is your favorite sense? Favorite sense? Yeah, like as in not sense, like S-C-E-N-T, like as in like senses, like smelling, seeing. Uh, I quite like sight. Uh, I, I, I do like being able to see, <laughs> um, because I, I think, uh, being able to read and, and write and stuff, I think it'd be very difficult if I lost my sight, yeah. uh, because I really like writing and reading and, uh, and I feel like I could, uh, well, uh, I, I feel like, uh, I would find an easier time, me personally, dealing with losing uh, any of the other senses rather than losing my sight. So, yeah. Okay. So do you often find yourself craving more visual stimulation? Yeah. I, I do. I do really like listening to music though, Mm -hmm. which, which would be a bummer if I lost my, my hearing Uh, because like, I really, really like listening to music. Uh, and podcasts and stuff, but, uh, but I really, uh, I, I do really like watching, like, uh, like, cool, like, I, I sometimes, like, will go on to Google images, and I'll look up, like, uh, visual illusions, and I'll just, like, <laughs> stare at the photos, yeah, I, I just like looking at them, uh, and, uh, and I, I think it would be very difficult if I couldn't have my sight. Yeah. So what is one like reoccurring motivation that you have to like, what drives you to just suddenly choose? Yeah. I want to look at some like cool pictures or, you know what? I really need to play some Minecraft right now. Um, so part, uh, partly it's, it's, my it's my own volition but also uh so i uh so uh uh i have did and uh and so and did uh if anyone doesn't know uh is dissociative identity disorder which um which uh used to be multiple personality disorder so uh i have multiple like identities or alters Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, it's mostly, it's mostly to satiate the others too, because most of the time I'm fronting, um, fronting as in like being in the body and like controlling it. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, if one of them is like, let's play Minecraft, uh, and I, and I don't have anything else better to do than, uh, than I don't mind playing Minecraft, um and sometimes they'll front sometimes they won't and they'll just like sit back and watch uh and so that's a great motivator and like what I do and stuff okay so there in that way it is like a very specific source of being like this is what I want yeah but it's coming from the altars a lot yeah okay interesting so what is something that you yourself when you are fronting you want to do uh i really like reading um i i recently bought uh some new books and so i've i've been excited to read those 
Um, I really like writing. Uh, I've been working on a passion project. Uh, and so, yeah. I know about this passion project. Please <laughs> talk about the passion project. Uh, do you want me to talk about it right now? Or Yes. Okay. Um, of course. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, the passion project that I'm that I'm working on is essentially um, it's it's a it's a, a culmination of the work between me uh, and a couple of the other members of the system, uh, and we are working to create this like little like rep, like weird core like dream core '80s VHS representation of uh, what it was like uh, for me to like discover the different members of the system. Um, and uh, also it's kind of a delve into uh, my, my past trauma and their past trauma. Um, and so it's a very like raw and uh and very emotional especially for us mm -hmm. uh process of like writing this like uh i i remember um uh one of the alters boo was writing um one of his uh he was writing out the description for the first episode and he was like having a really tough time and uh, and we were we were just there, just trying to help them through it. Uh, and uh, it's just like it's really cool that uh, that we're able to like do this uh, together because most of the time we're not able to get uh, get on well with each other because we're often fighting. <laughs> but um, just suddenly this idea came along, and since. Uh, mm -hmm. A, a lot of us like writing and a lot of us like filming uh, things. Uh, we just uh, came together and we've been really obsessed with this idea. That's very interesting. So anyway, you are content creating. Does that fill that urge at all or that like desire? Yeah, it, it's, uh, it does fill that desire uh, a little bit. I, I don't think... Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I would promote it. Mm -hmm. uh, I might like. I might be like, "Hey, friends, look at this." <laughs> uh, but I'm not sure if I would like promote it, like actively advertise it or anything. Yeah. Um, because it's such a, a it's such like a a personal thing also of like looking into a past trauma, uh, because and. Uh, and so I'm not sure, but it might also be uh, a good, uh, it might also be good for like other people because they could relate. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm on the fence yeah. about it. It's still, it's still in like early works. I'm, I'm still working uh, on like making the summaries uh, of all the, of all the episodes with uh, the rest of the crew and uh, and uh, one of the other alters uh, and I, Mage, uh, were doing the concept art 
for uh, how we're going to portray everyone in the film, hopefully. <laughs> uh, and yeah. That's very interesting. I'd love to see that because you and Mage have very different and distinct like art styles. Yeah. What do you think is the reason for that? Where do you think, like even with just all of the art is so different, where do you think the source of that is? Um, I'm not sure actually. Uh, I haven't. Uh, I haven't really given it much thought. I I just like I just like see it and I'm like, oh, that's really cool, Mage. And then she's like, thanks, and that's it. Um, but uh, it's uh, it's just like uh, it might just be because we're like she might use a different hand. I never really noticed. <laughs> I think she uses the right hand like I do. I think she uses right hand. Uh, maybe she does stuff a different way. Um, well, I have noticed one pattern is you both are very detail oriented and very encompassing with your art instead of, I know a lot of people who like keep it isolated to one part of the page or small things, but you're both very full page. This is the focus. This is what's going on. Do you often find yourself thinking more in terms of details or more in terms of big picture? Um, I, uh, I think a lot in details, I think. Um, the, the big picture uh, often is uh, lost on me. I think, uh, I think listeners will, will find that when they, when they listen back to this, I, uh, you'll ask the question and I, and I'm pretty sure like on some of these, I like went on a little tangent and forgot. tangents are encouraged. I promise. <laughs> and I forgot the original question. So I, I remember like the little details, but I don't remember, uh, the big picture. Um, so, uh, I often like get lost in the little details of, of stuff or like the little details of plans and stuff, but I won't remember the big picture or um, even if it's staring me right in the face, uh, I'm, I'm a little dense sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm trying to get better at that, obviously. <laughs> well, it wouldn't really show all that much because like I am a big picture person and I'm very bad with details. Mm -hmm. And like with your art, for example, it does create a larger picture and that's what I see. And I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. I, didn't even notice the details in your art the other day till you like zoomed in. I was like, holy shit, why is there skulls in this? Like what I thought was just a shadow, yeah. which is amazing. Do you, with your art, is that something that you ever want to pursue or do more with? Uh, I never really thought about it. Um, for me, uh, I, I would not want to, continue like maybe like traditional art. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I would like to continue writing um, and maybe like film making and stuff like that. I, I've always like been interesting, interested in film. I just don't know m much about it. So I'm, I kind of like teach myself uh, as I go. I'm self-taught <laughs> um, and uh, I'm a little bit more familiar with writing but uh, I would like to continue both um, in the future uh, because they're both big passions of mine and uh, maybe uh, turn it into a career if I can uh, make that happen. <laughs>
All right. So we're starting to run a little bit low on time. So only two more questions. I really want to ask you, what is the most meaningful gift you've ever received? Most meaningful gift I ever received. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, the most meaningful gift I ever received was uh, was from my uh, ex fiance, and 